Hello everybody and welcome back to Rough in the Basket. Today we're going to be talking about the NBA playoffs. You know, the first round, a lot of excitement, a lot of action. And moving forward in the second round and the subsequent rounds, um, I'm I'm so enthused for these upcoming rounds. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of anticipation. And, you know, this is the first year since 2010 that LeBron James or Steph Curry will not be playing in the finals. That is absolutely absurd. Um, that statistic blew my mind. I want to start off the show by saying that because I think that we are starting to see the emergence of a new era in the NBA. And it, it is going to take time. It's not going to be an overnight thing. Like Steph Curry arguably is the MVP. Um, I mean, in my personal opinion, I think Jokic definitely deserved it this year. And, you know, Steph Curry, no offense to him, but his team didn't make the playoffs. And the unwritten rule in the NBA is that, you know, if you don't make the playoffs and you're a very good player, MVP type player, you know, you're kind of like automatically disqualified from the MVP running. Regardless, Jokic should probably be the MVP. But that is a totally another topic that I'll get into a little bit later. But I definitely see a new side of the NBA coming up and emerging, especially with Luka Doncic, with Trey Young, you know, with Joel Embiid starting to show more and more of um, superstar potential, which he has shown in the past, but he's putting it up to even a new level. You know, you got um, the Jazz uh, starting to emerge, who I'm still not buying 100%. I just want that to be known. I still don't know if they're for real. I don't think they'll get past the Clippers, but Donovan Mitchell is an absolute beast, and he makes an entire difference to that, that team um, and the, the situation there. Um, such a big impact he has on that roster. You know, if Donovan Mitchell was out the entire first round, I think Memphis would have beat them. I think Memphis would have be, would have beat the Utah Jazz, um, and I do believe that. Like we were saying, the overall arching theme here is we're seeing a new generation starting to emerge. You know, I, I mentioned Luka Doncic. I mentioned Trey Young. Um, Devin Booker, yes, he needed the help of Chris Paul. No denying that. But the, the Suns are an emerging team. The Suns are a team that is on the rise, and they are starting to show their potential, beating the Los Angeles Lakers. The LeBron James-led Los Angeles Lakers in the first round. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was watching this matchup and I saw LeBron and I saw the Lakers and they were up two to one, they started off game four extremely hot. The first quarter, they dominated it and then they just fell apart. And the Suns never really looked back and they were able to take the series, you know? Um, and I think this was this was quite intriguing a first round i don't remember a first round being this exciting and this open for a long time um and, and i'm gonna say something a little bit controversial but i'm gonna start off with this i think that similarly to how lebron james and steph curry have become the biggest rivalry of our decade uh, of our generation there's no doubt about that Nothing else compares to it in recent history. Um, you know, maybe you can make the argument like, you know, I don't know, Bird Magic. That's that's one big rival. Um, Chamberlain, Russell. I don't know if anything actually compares to what we're seeing now with Steph Curry and LeBron James. I mean, they, they have dominated the NBA over the last decade. It's still so mind-blowing to me that they have 
both been in the playoffs. They've made it to the finals every year. One of those two has made it every year since 2011. That's um, absolutely preposterous um, and, and quite incredible. And I don't know if we'll see that anytime soon. However, I'm about to make the argument. I got a little sidetracked there. I, I don't know if you could tell, but I'm about to make the argument that Luka Doncic versus Trey Young is going to be the next Steph and LeBron. Uh, now, some people may call that crazy. Is it though? I mean, you look at Luka Doncic's numbers, they're comparable to LeBron James. Um, and Luka Doncic, man, I, I feel sorry for this guy because if he had just a little bit more help, they would have beat the Clippers in five games. You know, it, it should not have gone to a game seven. And and also the the excitement in this series, I would argue this was probably the most exciting series out of any of them. Um, and it's not just because it got to seven games and it was the only series that made it to seven games, but rather no team won at home until game seven. And that was the first time that has happened. Like, let's, let's just think for a second. Nobody in this series won a home game until game seven. That is absolutely insane. I've never seen anything like that before in my life, and nobody else has seen anything like that in a very long time. Um, but you know, I feel I feel bad for Doncic. I really do because he he put this team on his back during this playoffs, during this run that he had with the Mavericks. And you know, I, I remember watching Game Five, and to be honest. I was like, man, he's not even playing that well. You know, I, I completely ignored the stat sheet. I didn't look at it whatsoever the entire game. I was just watching the game, having a good time. And then I look at the stat sheet at the end of the game, and he had 42 points and 14 assists, and he made it look effortless. He put uh, so much heart into it, but he just made it seem like it was easy, like it was something anybody can do. Like he's doing stuff that we have not seen from an NBA superstar, practically other than, than my, uh, Michael Jordan or LeBron James. You know, the last two years, 2019, Luka Doncic averaged 29 points, nine rebounds, nine assists. This year, 2020, 28 points, eight rebounds, 8.6 assists. Like, you know, this guy's an absolute monster. Um, he, he is this generation's big superstar, and Trey Young is comparable to Steph Curry. I know that people are going to hate on that that comment because Steph Curry, like, I have all the respect for him. I don't think he's done winning championships. He is going to win another one. LeBron, I think he's going to win another one too. However, you know, in five, ten years when they're out of the league and Luka Doncic and Trey Young are still in their primes and they're both 32 years old, you know, this, this is going to be an intriguing matchup, especially the fact that they were traded for each other. Like, that's the thing that I'm I'm so in awe about. Like, you know, the the Mavericks with the third pick in the 2019, sorry, 2018 NBA draft, the Hawks selected Luka Doncic, and then they immediately traded him for Trey Young and a first round pick to the Dallas Mavericks. And these two are gonna be connected by that forever. And there's no changing that. However, it, it's so fascinating to see this development and of this rivalry that I guarantee you, I'm going to say it now, Trey Young is going to win at least two championships in his NBA career, and Luka Doncic is going to win anywhere between four and six. That's how good Luka Doncic is. He can carry this team single-handedly, and he is going to get help. There are going to be superstars that want to play with him, 
And one massive prediction I have for this summer is that the Mavericks are going to sign Kyle Lowry, and they're also going to sign either Kawhi Leonard or DeMar DeRozan. Um, and they're also going to get shooting help. You know, maybe that's, a, that's that might sound really stupid in a few months, but I can assure you they are going to get him help. And if it's not this summer, it's going to be the year after because that free agent class is absolutely loaded. And uh, yeah, so anyways, I want to move on from that topic a little bit, but I want to emphasize, emphasize that because there's so much to talk about with this Luka Doncic, Trey Young storyline. And, you know, the Hawks right now, man, they're, they're on a roll. They destroyed the Knicks in the first round, absolutely humiliated them. The Knicks fans were so brutal to Trey Young, and he shut them up every single time. And what do they do now? They go on to the second round, and with the first game in the second round, they take the win over the 76ers, who are supposed to be maybe the favorites out in the East, maybe behind the Nets. But the the Hawks just I don't I don't think they're gonna beat the 76ers. I don't I don't see that happening. I think the 76ers do have some star power. You know, when you look at Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, you know, they got Dwight Howard, who's still playing a role for them. Danny Green, who, you know, fun fact, Danny Green has won three different championships with three different teams. You know, he won it in Toronto in 2018-2019, won it with Los Angeles 2019-2020, and then he also won it one time on San Antonio. And every time he's been a valuable contributor, you know, he's averaged about 10 points in every location shot, extremely efficient from the three, anywhere from 36 to 45% um, with those three respective seasons. And then again, this year, he's been a very valuable member to the Sixers who lack shooting in years past. And he's been shooting 40% this year. Um, and, and he is a valuable member of this team. It's cool to see him contributing. And being able to, you know, get these victories, these championship opportunities. But, you know, he's not a star player. And that shows, though, you know, that every team needs these guys. They need these guys that are able to come off the bench and and score 8 to 10 points on 40% shooting from the three. You know, and play solid defense. This is essential in the game of the NBA today. And Danny Green is one of those guys. You, you need people like that if you want to win in this league. Um, you know, so hats off to the Sixers for acquiring him, for getting Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid more shooting help with the likes of Seth Curry, um, obviously Steph Curry's brother, and also getting more defensive help with Dwight Howard. And, you know, they've done a very good job implementing more help for those two star players in their lineup, especially, you know, Tobias Harris is extremely underrated. People will hate on him, but he shoots the ball very efficiently. He shoots from about 40% from the arc, from the three-point line. And he's able to score the ball really effectively, averaging almost 20 points a game every season for the last five or six years. So with that in mind, he is no slouch. The 76ers, I do believe, are going to take this series with the Hawks. Um, however, the Hawks getting to this round, the Hawks showing that they are able to form a cohesive unit and be able to play within – the, the way that they need to play. I mean, getting in um, Bogdan Bogdanovich was a big move, big acquisition for them. Averaged 16 points um, a game for Atlanta. You know, Lou Williams, another big acquisition. De Danel uh, Danilo Gallinari, try saying that name five times quick. Probably won't. Um, but, you know, uh, John Collins was already there. He stepped up his game more. And then adding a defensive monster in Clint Capella, 
and having all those pieces together combine to play, I mean, productive basketball. That's really what it's come down to. And it's very impressive to see the, the turnaround that they've been able to make. You know, they had a different head coach at the start of the year. And Lloyd Pierce is his name. And he was not a good fit for them. Was not a good basketball coach, um, at least head coach. Maybe he'll be a good assistant somewhere. There were chemistry issues from what I heard. They promoted Nate McMillan. Instead of Lloyd Pierce, they, they got rid of him. They got rid of Lloyd Pierce. And, you know, being able to see what they've been able to do under Nate McMillan is very impressive. And he's definitely going to keep this job. There's no doubt about that. The Hawks, I, I said this from the start of the season. I just want to put this out there. I said on this podcast that they were going to finish at the fourth or fifth seed in the East. I did say that. I was right. So I, I just need to, <laughs> I need to show off real quick my prediction skills. You know, I do have some predictions that weren't that great. But with that being said, um, yeah, this team has a lot of potential. And like I said, mark my words, the Hawks aren't done. They're going to add more pieces. And even though I don't see them advancing against the 76ers, they do have a bright future. And Luka Doncic with the Mavericks and the Hawks with Trey Young, are going to be playing each other a lot of times in the finals in the future. I can guarantee it. And maybe they won't meet in the, fu- the, the future in the finals, but they will definitely both win championships, um, respectively. I guarantee it. Um, now, another thing I want to analyze real quick is, uh, you know, the, the Bucks, the Bucks and the Nets. This series is it's fairly intriguing. I'm not going to lie. Um the Nets won game one. James Harden, uh, he injured his hamstring again. However, there's a chance that he ends up coming back and he's able to play again this series, which I'm not sure if that's going to happen. But, you know, I said from the start, I have doubted the Bucks the entire season. And that's one of my bad predictions, perhaps. Um, however, I just don't think they're that deep. When you go past Chris Middleton, when you go past Giannis, when you go past Drew Holiday... You know, who really do you have? Like, there's not that much star power on that team. Brooke Lopez has been contributing very well over the course of the last 10, 15 games. But then you look past that, and, you know, Bobby Portis, too, he had some depth. But after that, they don't really have anybody at all that can contribute off the bench and can provide um, stable minutes for this team. And I think that's going to come back to haunt them. And even though even though James Harden is out, I do see the Nets winning this series still. I, I think that, you know, Kyrie and uh, KD, that is looking very good right now. Those two combined can take down the Bucks team. And now I basically set my predictions out in the East. Um, one thing I want to know is just the Celtics, man, they had a disappointing season. I want to say this real quick because I've talked about this a lot on the podcast. They had a disappointing season. And Danny Ainge stepped down as the head, the GM of the Boston Celtics. And now the GM is going to be Brad Stevens. Now, what are, what are my thoughts on that? Um, I think it was a good move. You know, I did criticize Danny Ainge earlier this season. I, I respect the moves that he made as a GM. He drafted J- Jason Tatum. He drafted Jalen Brown. You know, he... He was able to form the big three to really start the era of super teams in the NBA. He was he did um, a lot for this franchise, and 
you know, he, he 100% deserves a lot of credit. But the last few years, he has made some bad personnel decisions. And because of that, the Celtics did not finish this year good. They finished 36 and 36, 36 wins, 36 losses. And they only got one win against the Brooklyn Nets, granted, in the playoffs. Granted that Jalen Brown was not able to play. He was injured. But I'm, I'm looking forward to see what the Celtics do with their head coach search. Now, um, for me personally, I'm just going to say this. I think that they should. If I, I were the Celtics and I could hire anybody, Mark Jackson would be my guy. Mark Jackson, for you guys that don't know, was the head coach of the Golden State Warriors before Steve Kerr. And, and now this brings me in a whole different topic because I have some strong opinions about Steve Kerr. I do not think he is a good head coach. I think that he has been saved by the Golden State Warriors time and time again. Whenever Steph Curry goes down or this Warriors team isn't at 100% capacity, they lose and they lose bad. Um, and I, I don't think the Golden State Warriors are done at all, unfortunately. I, I mean, I want to see Steph and Clay reunite 100%, but I just don't like Steve Kerr. I don't think he's a good head coach. And Mark Jackson, I thought he was a good head coach, and I just thought they didn't give him enough time with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. And if they gave him one more year, I guarantee you, they would have attained the same results under Mark Jackson that they did under Steve Kerr. Um, you know, that that 2017 or 2016 team, I'm failing to remember the year, but the, the team that won 73 games for the Golden State Warriors, you could have a two-year-old coach that team and they would have won 73 games. There's no doubt about that. Luke Walton, who is right now the head coach of the Sacramento Kings, probably not that for that much longer because he has not had a good time there. Uh, but with that being said, I, I don't know who remembers this or not, but there was one point where he was, I believe, I may be getting this stat wrong, but he was 37 and one or 37 and two. Uh, he, he definitely had over 30 wins and only one or two losses with the Golden State Warriors when Steve Kerr was out due to health problems for like half the season. And Luke Walton was then, um, he was named this great interim head coach and he deserves all this credit. And then, you know, he got hired on the Kings. And the problem with that is that. They did not do well under Luke Walton. Uh, sorry, he got hired under the Lakers first. The Lakers did not do well with Luke Walton. Then they fired him. And then he went to the Kings, and the Kings haven't done well. Now, granted, the West is a very loaded conference. There's so much talent in the West, and I do feel bad for the Kings because if they were in the Eastern Conference, they would make the playoffs as a 7 or an 8 seed, 100%. But that's not the case. That's not reality, unfortunately. And anyways, my main point for this, that was just a rant I had to go on, is that Mark Jackson should be the next head coach of the Celtics. However, I don't think that's going to happen. I ultimately, if I had to put my money on something, I would say Sam Cassell is going to be the next head coach. He played as a player for a season or two there back in 2009, I believe, or 2010, um, around that time when they had the big three, you know, Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, and Paul Pierce. Um, and he, he's also been a assistant head coach in the league for a long time. He's been successful at that. And I think he's going to, Brad Stevens is going to give him a chance, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Celtics in this whole situation, having new leadership there. But, um, now going out to the West, cause my, my pick was the Los Angeles Lakers. I really thought they were going to beat the odds, but I told my friend, I said, Whoever comes out of this series, either the Phoenix Suns or the Los Angeles Lakers, is going to go to the NBA Finals. 
And I think the Suns are going to do that. This team right now, it looks so determined to win games. They're desperate. They're young. They play with a lot of emotion, a lot of heart. Chris Paul is so underrated, man. This guy has time and time again, no matter where he goes. I remember when he signed that contract with the Rockets and he was dealing with injuries, people thought he was overrated. They thought his contract was terrible. But let me tell you something. He is earning every single penny of that contract because he put a team on his back that was terrible before him, the, the Phoenix Suns. However, they did go 8-0 and in the bubble. You got to give them credit for that one. There was the you know the quarantine situation, the NBA paused for three, four months, and then they came back. The Suns did go undefeated in the eight games that they played. But Chris Paul is on another level. The, the Thunder were supposed to be terrible last year. They ended up making the playoffs as a six or a five seed. I cannot remember, but they made the playoffs and they were out in the first round. They put up a fight. You know, the, the Rockets were up three games to two at one point against the Warriors with James Harden and Chris Paul. And then Chris Paul got injured and they lost the last two games, you know? So I'm just saying Chris Paul is extremely underrated. And my prediction right now is that the Suns are going to go to the finals. Um, you know, I I think the, the second most likely team here is the Clippers. You know, there's no disrespect to the Utah Jazz. What they've done this season is amazing. They're a great story, but I just don't see them getting there. I don't think they're as deep as people say. You know, they they do have a good roster, man. Um, Rudy Gobert is the best, one of the best top three, top four, top five, um, best defensive players in the NBA. Donovan Mitchell, one of the best scorers in the NBA, plays the game the right way. Jordan Clarkson has emerged as a six-man type guy that can step in and, and play um, – point guard minutes if Mike uh, Mike Conley goes down Mike Conley is still he's still playing well um overall so with that being said I think the Utah Jazz and and you can't even get Bohan Bogdanovich um this guy has when he put the team on his back when Donovan Mitchell went down and when he got injured and he was able to keep them sustained as a number one seed which you gotta give credit to him um but you know the thing is I I really believe if the Denver Nuggets never lost Jamal Murray if he never went down from an injury. I believe they would be going to the finals, man. That that team last year, they made it to the semifinals. Nobody thought they had that in them. But Nikolai Jokic is the MVP. They have him on the MVP. He's, he's the MVP. Best player in the league, arguably, right now. One of them, at least, um, in terms of all-around talent. I mean, this guy's averaging nine assists, eight assists a game, and he's a center. 27 points, 10 rebounds. Doesn't look like he plays in the NBA, you know? He 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 does not – you know, it's funny. If you saw this guy on the street, you would not think he's a basketball player just because he is um, – I mean, he, at one point he was overweight. He was out of shape. He has lost a lot of weight, has gone into shape. But he's not fast. He's not athletic. He might not even be able to dunk, you know, and this guy's 6'10". Or maybe he can just hit the rim. Um, but it's just the way that he creates – space for other players and the way that he sets up plays and he's a playmaker man this guy's arguably a point guard playing center playing power forward sometimes you know um and they deserve a lot of credit for that but unfortunately i think jamal murray and him not being there it, it's a big tear for this team um i think if he was there they would win this series against the suns but chris paul deandre ayton devin booker um, yeah, all, all these players 
are going to play a huge role in this series. And I just see the Suns coming out on top. Jay Crowder is a tough guy. They every every team that wins a championship needs a tough guy, you know. And they got that in Jay Crowder, who's also a fairly decent shooter and can play lockdown defense when he needs to, you know. So I I ultimately think it's going to be the Suns and Clippers playing each other in the next round, and I think the Suns are going to win and they're going to go to the NBA championship. The Nets stay relatively healthy, and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving stay healthy. I think they are going to go to the final still, but you know, if, if James Harden is still out 76, has got a chance, you know, that's all I'm going to say. Um, but my, my main takeaways from the playoffs is that there is a new generation emerging. The Suns are going to be a team that stays here. Even after Chris Paul retires, they're still going to be here. The Hawks are on the rise. They're going to get even better over the next few years. Luka Doncic is going to get help, and the the Mavericks are going to become a force to be reckoned with in the Western Conference. LeBron James is going to be back next year. Lakers are going to be better. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people are going to be criticizing LeBron this offseason. They're going to be saying, oh, you lost in the first round. The playoffs, how can you compare to Jordan? I don't think it's about that. Like we need to stop this whole comparison with Michael Jordan and LeBron James. They played in different eras. You got to respect what both of them did. Michael Jordan won six championships and he was, he had zero losses in the the championship. He was six and oh undefeated in the NBA finals. LeBron James is four, four and six in the NBA finals. Um, you know, he's suffered some hard losses. However, I believe that, you know, the, the, the thing about LeBron James is that he has been in the NBA for so long. And when you're in the NBA that long and it's so competitive the way that it is, you're going to have some bad losses. And, you know, I, I believe there is an argument to be made that if Michael Jordan played Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green in the finals with Golden State, I do not believe Michael Jordan would be 6-0 in the finals. I think he would be – if he played them four times in the finals, he would have at least two two finals losses, guaranteed. Um, and LeBron James has been in the NBA since the 2003-2004 season was his first year. He has played a grand total, total of 18 seasons in the NBA. 18 seasons he's been in the NBA, and he has never lost in the first round. Granted, yes – he has not made the playoffs three of those times. Two times were his rookie year and his second year when he had no help whatsoever in Cleveland. And then, you know, obviously the season where he missed a bunch of games with the Lakers, but he redeemed himself the next year, won the championship the following year. And I believe LeBron isn't done, but you're starting to see that his body is breaking down a little bit and there is a new generation emerging. And whether that generation arrives at the top this year, in three years, in four years, you know, that the next generation is going to take over. It's going to be dominated by Trey Young and Luka Doncic. And that's all I got to say. But I just had to put that out there that in his 18-year career, he has never, ever lost in the first round of the playoffs, LeBron James. And he still does deserve credit. And there's no reason to harass him for losing in the first round. You know, it happens, happens to a lot of the greats. And that just shows the kind of dominance that he's had. Um, but anyways... This has been fun, just ranting a little bit. Um, next week, I am going to definitely have a guest on here, you know, and the following week and one of the following weeks, at least, I am going to release an episode, The Unknown History of the NFL, 
And I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun, very similar to the format of the NBA history episode that I released. Also, if you haven't listened to that, please check it out. You will learn a lot. There was a lot that went into the NBA that I didn't know about, and I had a great time doing research on it. So please check it out. This has been an honor and a privilege. As always, follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is Rough in the Basket, and I will see you all next week.